Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. Simone de Rochefort is not here this week, uh, so I am taking her place. I'm Christina Warren, Senior Developer Advocate at GitHub, joined, as always, by birthday girl, Brianna Wu, <laughs> <laughs> Executive Director of Rebellion Pack. Brianna, how are you? Thank you for uh, yeah yeah thank you for the the birthday wishes. I'm doing really well. Uh, I got another uh, machine, a pinball machine, to add to my collection yesterday. So nice. I'm very excited about that. Do you remember uh, the Twilight Zone game from 1993 at all? No, but uh, it sounds awesome. I mean, I remember like the Twilight Zone, and I remember like various remakes, but I did not know that there was a game. But that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a really famous game. It's, to be honest, it's not my thing. Uh, my, yeah, you know, Frank is like a mega Twilight Zone fan, and he has wanted this machine for a really long time. It's like one of the greatest uh, pinball games ever made. So we went and added that to our house yesterday. So Yay! really exciting. Uh, you've had some excitement of your own. You've been traveling a ton lately. I have been traveling a ton. So I was not on the last uh, week's episode because I was in Tel Aviv and the times and difference and my crazy schedule there, there's just no way I could do it. So also, I actually think that when we were recording, I think I was actually on an airplane on um, uh, <laughs> a, a very, very long journey back um, on because on, on, it's a 12-hour flight between Tel Aviv and Boston um, and uh, in which there was no Wi-Fi. Ooh. Yeah, uh, brand new. Did you just like plane. download a bunch of stuff? Did you well, play on Steam Deck? What did I you mean, do? Okay, I didn't know there wasn't going to be any Wi-Fi. I thought I was actually yeah. going to be able to get work done because uh, it was a brand new, um, you know, um, A321 Neo, and I was like, well, obviously this plane will have, uh, or it wasn't A321. I guess it was a, uh, it, it was some Airbus. Anyway, it was a brand new plane, and I was like, well, obviously it'll have Wi-Fi. No, the supply chain gods. I mean, this this literally this plane that like 2022, like I think that like it entered service in March. They um uh, don't have the this the parts to um have the the Viasat or whatever in it, so it's uh it'll be getting it uh later. So I did have some downloaded. There were fortunately a lot of good um movies and stuff on the system, and I did play my Steam Deck some um and. Uh, but yeah, um, so I've been traveling and I'm back. Uh, my hotel tours, uh, I think we're all pretty good except for the unfortunate one when I got stuck in Boston because my flight was delayed. So Logan is terrible. I mean, I live in Boston. But I gotta say, Logan is a terrible airport. Well, <laughs> there's nothing yeah, there to recommend. Yeah, I mean, and then I had to stay like in Chelsea, like some like really dinky, you know, hotel that yeah, was close by. Yeah. It, it was it, it it was hard because I'd been at the Ritz in Tel Aviv <laughs> uh, or Herzliya, more, more more specifically, where I got upgraded, and so it was it was like I was like, oh my god, <laughs> where, where where am I? It's like, you know, because like Boston, we have like over 100 colleges in this right. tiny, tiny little state. And like Boston is literally just an educational industrial complex, which is why like, you know, it's a uh, so many of our hotels are like hotels that would seem interesting and cute and quirky to someone that was 18 and didn't know any better. So, uh, oh, right. You know, and, and, and then yeah. I think that if I, and, and like if I, I, if I've been able to like be like in the actual city or something, like I could have found like a yeah. good 
like hotel. This was just I was looking for something cheap that was near the that was near the um airport to be completely honest. 100%. 100%. So it was just one I always hear about Tel Aviv. It, it looks so beautiful every oh, time I've so ever pretty. seen anything there and I would love to go someday. Yeah, you should. It's beautiful. Um and and the weather was fantastic. You know, it was really warm. I was um really close to the beach. The Microsoft has a brand new office in Herzliya which is um a, a a city kind of not very far from Tel Aviv, uh, you know about 20 minute um cab ride um away um but but not in the city center and it is this amazing, amazing campus, like far and away, one of the nicest like tech mm. campuses I've ever been to. And it's on the beach. Well, it's close to the beach. Like my hotel was basically on the beach. I could have walked from my hotel to the office. Um, it was just really warm. But it, no, it's beautiful. Um, uh, great people, uh, great weather, um, great startup scene. I was I was meeting with a lot of startups and with a lot of um, um, peop- you know, founders who are doing stuff and, and learning about how people use GitHub for various things, and it was uh, really, really good. So I had a really, really good time. I'm so jealous you get to travel again. So yeah, I'm, you. I, I thank you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm hoping that it'll continue to be like you know that we'll continue to have have travel and, and, and stuff. Um, I don't know when I'll be doing it again, but I, I definitely it was one of those things where I, I realized how much I missed it, but I also kind of realized like. Oh yeah, there is like a lot of work that is in that is involved in in this stuff, and um, you know, like it, it's tiring in a way that you forget about because it, that's just that's just how it works. So I was so amazed after like international travel. Like I didn't know you were going to be on Twit this I, week until Glenn was yeah, tweeting tweeting about yeah. it, and I was like, "Holy crap! Yeah, I would that was be mis- jet lagged so bad." Oh, I was, and that was a mistake. Honestly, like it was one of those things I should have I should have told because they gave me a choice between two different weeks, and I was like, "Oh, I should." I should do the other one, but in my in my mind at the time, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll be fine with the with the <laughs> jet lag adjustment," not realizing that I would have been out of the country for two weeks where it was a plus nine and then plus 10 hour time difference. And, and my, it, it took me and I'm out of practice. So it took me longer to get back, uh, in, in touch with those things. But, um, Twin no, is a good. long show too. Like it, is. it goes three hours sometimes. Like it's a marathon. <laughs> like, it, 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 it definitely is. It was one of those things where I was like wearing like I had like I like, jumped out of the shower. I was like wearing like a hat and like a, uh, <laughs> like an Adidas shirt. And I was like, I'm going to bring my A game conversation wise, but I am not like dressed and, and like primed, you know, for like, it's definitely like, uh, listen to me. Don't, don't watch me necessarily. Um, <laughs> before we, uh, before we get into uh, the, the stuff, I should also mention that this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, we'll be talking more about them later. Um, but you got a, an early birthday gift. Didn't you? I did. I did. Wait, where are we talking about? What? Uh, I mean, with the with the console, with the console. Well, we're about to get into that because before we talk into about talk about a really terrible console, you got a good birthday gift because you actually got to uh, order uh, a really good console. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Steam Deck. So I had forgotten I'd even done this. It must have been one of these things where I saw you talking about it, and I was like. Well, you know, Christina usually has good ideas, so I'll go ahead and do it. So uh, I got the 512 um, Steam Deck, and I just got this email out of nowhere uh, saying, uh, hey, your Steam Deck's available if you want to buy it. And I was like, 
you know, I, I'm kind of torn on it because it was like close to seven hundred dollars after yeah. all of that was was uh, processed, and you know, the reviews on the battery life have not been that good. Um, you know, so like I texted you, you said you liked it, and uh, I mean, do you think this is going to end up being a good console? How do you use yours? I love it. I mean, I have to say, look, the battery life. I mean, it's similar to the to, to, to the Switch, especially when the Switch first came out, which is what you get like three, three and a half hours, right? And and so I think that it depends on what type of game you're playing. Um, heavier AAA titles will be less than that, but I'd say I probably get three, three and a half hours. But it comes with, um, you know, a charger. It uses USB-C, so you can use the same thing you're using to charge your iPad or your right. Switch or um, your computer to charge it. Um, you can also dock it. They don't have a docking station for it yet. They will eventually, but you could just use a standard HDMI thing now. Um, so, and 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 I also have to say, like in terms of portability, like it's more akin, I would say, to like a gaming laptop than a Switch, just because of yeah. its weight. So for me, and the battery life is honestly probably the same as a gaming laptop too. So for me. The only thing is you already have a really powerful gaming laptop, but in this case, this is like, you know, basically that, but in, a, you know, a, more of a, a consoles type thing. I, I, I think you're going to really enjoy it. It's It's been awesome for me. I haven't been able to get into the retro and emulation scene on it as much as I've wanted to, but a lot of people have created um, what they're calling like um, um, emu decks and, and, and retro Ooh, decks where okay. they're putting all kinds okay. of like, they, they're basically, you know, creating ways to even interface with like the actual Steam OS interface to make it easy to access, you know, bundles of games and other stuff. And so there's a lot of really cool stuff happening there. What I really am excited about is, is as sacrilegious as it, as it will be for some people is when you can, when when it's easier to dual, right, right now you can't really dual boot Windows and, and, and Steam OS, which is a Linux distro, but that will be coming. And when that happens, even though it's going to run better on Steam OS, I'm excited about like getting Windows on it because this is going to be like an amazing Game Pass machine. Like you can already use the, uh, some beta versions of, of the um, uh, Edge um, browser for, uh, for Linux to, to run um, Game Pass in the browser, and that works pretty well. But when this thing actually has, like, when when you can, like, get it full board installed on, on Windows, this thing is going to be an amazing Game Pass machine, and, and that I'm really excited about. I had not thought about that. That makes a lot of sense to me, uh, because, like, being able to play Forza on the go, like yeah. Forza Horizon, that would be really good. Um yeah, I think that would bring a lot of value to it. Though, like, the the thing I think I'm going to end up using it for is there are so many games that end up in your Steam library that you just never get around to yep. playing. Like, you buy them on sale, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's not convenient to to sit there and do it. What, what I'm really worried about is I find the Switch too heavy to sit there and, like, seriously game on for long periods of time. Like, I'll make it do, I'll make do with it if I'm traveling or something. But even then, I'm, like, trying to get a pillow to prop it up with. And this is, like, that much heavier and right. bulkier. And I think that's going to get really old old really quickly. Yeah, it's interesting because like I guess the way that I've mostly been playing it, like I've actually had it kind of like propped up on something or I've like I've been in bed or I've been sitting up and, and like I've, I've kind of had it in, in my hands, but but closer to, you know, like I, it's it's hard to explain, but I haven't had issues with the weight and I was concerned with that. Um, it is thick, right? Like and it is a big system, but 
I, I'm really happy with it months later. Like I'm, I'm still really stoked that I got it. Um, I think that look at the very least, like you get it. If you don't love it, you can sell it even like opened for a multiple probably of, of what you paid for it. So, really? oh yeah, they're going for a ton of money on eBay. So um, I might just turn around and sell it then. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what kind of mood I'm in when it actually gets here. So yeah, I mean, I would definitely, you know, like, 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 like try it out if you, if, if you want to do that. But if, if not, like, look, look at the eBay prices because the, they might make you uh, change your mind a little <laughs> bit, but, but the, because at least when I checked a, a few weeks ago, they were still really high. Um, and, and I imagine that that's going to be, you know, the, the continue to be the case, but, um, so, so you got your steam deck. We will hear in, uh, I guess you're supposed to get it next week. So we will find out in the coming weeks, I guess. Um, if you got your email this week, it should already have shipped. And then I'm, I'm guessing you'll get it next it week has. sometime. Fingers crossed. On yep. That. So we'll, uh, we'll hear from you to find out if, if you want to, uh, to, to get that or not. But that is a perfect segue to talk about our first topic, which is worst console <laughs> scam ever. This is, I'm psyched for this scam. There's no scam we've ever covered in the show. I've been more eager to participate in than this one. Like I am, I'm, I'm hype trained for this. All right. All right. So, so this is a, uh, the, the, there's a, there's a great, um, uh, vice or motherboard headline. A web three game console is a bad idea at the worst possible time, which is, is great. So, uh, yep. You, you got that right. Not only is this a web three console, uh, it's a Web3 vaporware console. Um, it is uh, that doesn't have a, a set release date, that doesn't have uh, set specs, that doesn't have anything except, you know, a lot of vapor. So um, this is, uh, what is this going to be called? This is from a company called uh, Polium Pass. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, so, so the, it's not slated to launch until 2024 for Polium Pass holders. So those are people who buy unreleased uh, an unreleased NFT collection for an unknown price that Polium promises will give early access to the console and crypto rewards, and then it'll be available in 2025 for the general public. So we're talking <coughs> like a couple years from now already, like at least two years for, for, for the Poly- a year and a half for the Polium Pass, three for the general public. Um, basically, so it, it's almost completely vaporware. The the project logo, which they already are in the process of changing, oh my God. is uh, it's the GameCube logo. <laughs> like that, there's just no way else to say it. Like they made like a very slight modification, but it's the freaking GameCube logo, and it's like how you don't think that Nintendo, the most litigious company that's ever like lived, other than Oracle. I mean, it, it's honestly a toss up between those two, and I think that Nintendo might actually eke them out for stuff like trademarks and logos. How you think that you could get away with that? I don't know. Also, the the controller, I realize it's generic, but it looks just like both the Switch Pro controller, but also like the the terrible Amazon Fire um, uh, TV controller. Like, at least this is in the render, because this is all, all you have right now is a, is a pretty poor render of this thing. Um, they also were... were uh, Using um the 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 both the trade term and like the logo for Touch ID, which they've since kind of like oh changed to, to scanner to be above the, the fingerprint thing. Because they're like, yeah, Apple's not going to give you Touch ID technology. No, and it's like, and it's also like, it, it was just like that. You 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 think that that it is you know something that that you can get um uh you 
it's just a genericized term. It's like, no, it's not. Like, you can say fingerprint sensor, fingerprint scanning, whatever, but you can't use the term touch ID. It's not Kleenex, you know? Uh, <laughs> and, and then if you used Kleenex, like, w- 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 with a K um, and, and that logo, like, in your marketing materials, that would get you um, a, a hand slap, too. Um, I enjoyed uh, John Walker Kotaku. Um, his uh, headline was, A Hilarious Web3 Console Will Never, Ever Happen. Um, the Polium one will, um, in, in quote mark, will in parentheses, not finally allow you to fail for uh, fall, fall for NFTs games via a console. So, Brianna Wu, uh, <laughs> we've you and I have been around for a long time. We've seen a lot of scam consoles. There was the, yeah. the Ouya, which I actually have within visual shot of me right now in my office. I still have my Ouya, which I'm never going to get rid of because it's hilarious. Um, that it did, did actually ship. It wasn't, a, you know, it, it wasn't a scam per se, although a lot of Kickstarter people felt scammed. There was a um, Soldier Boy who had his, um, uh, remember when Soldier Boy was selling like. I do, the Soldier Boy console. The Soldier yeah. Boy console that was running like emulated copies of games and stuff that he did not have the rights to. It was like. <laughs> It's like, what, what are you doing, right? And then he, like, doubled down and be like, yeah, I can sell this. And I was like, no, bro, you can't. Uh, we had the Atari console, which which I think did eventually ship, but that was did pretty that terrible. I think oh it did. Um, it, this is just like the culmination of all of that with, it, with, an, with the Web3 NFT console. This is Axie Infinity meets the Social Boy console, meets the Atari, meets the Ouya. Like, it's just, wow. I'd love to hear it, your thoughts crazy. on this. There's so much to pick apart. Okay, so starting with the name, like, Polium. I mean, this is clearly, uh, to me, the first thing I think of is polonium, uh-huh. which is, like, literally one of the most toxic substances known. It's both radioactive and toxic. Okay. It can kill you in small doses. So, right off the bat, like, the branding is not well thought out, in my opinion. Right. Uh, so, then you're thinking about, like, the game infrastructure, like, Web3 game. Who out there is developing Web3 games? Like, literally no one. There's literally no, no ecosystem one. for this to, like, support an entire console. Then there's how you... Uh, the God, there's so much to go through here. There's how you buy it, which is use cryptocurrency coins that they're going to announce at a later right. date their plan right. for it. it exactly. It's like, it's, it's like they, this isn't even Radio Shock, right? At least they already have um, a, you know, a coin. And, and I'm trying not to curse so that uh, Jim doesn't have to do lots of edits in this. But like... Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. But this is just ridiculous. No, no, there's that. And then there's, uh, you know, there's the fact that the specs on it, they don't have any specs. They say the community <laughs> is going to design the specs, which is why, Christina Ward, I am 100%. If I had to buy some cryptocurrency to participate in this scam as it goes down in flames, like this is the game industry's fire fest. I want to be there on the ground floor. 100%. Like, watching this thing fail. No, 100%. 100%. I mean, I'm not actually going to put money into this, to be clear, uh, because... I will. Uh, I will. Y- you will? <laughs> yes. Okay. I will get more than like a few hundred dollars of entertainment on this. And as we update it on Rocket every week... Sure. I mean, come on. This is going to be beautiful. Well, okay. All right. Hear me out here. Because if... Okay. This is my argument for you not doing that. And and I realize that this is odd for me to argue someone out of spending money, which is not what right. I do. Like, right. Because I'm I'm the one who literally will tell anyone to spend money on anything, um, including myself, because, you know, screw it. We only, you'll only live once. Here's my argument against it. Why 
you could still get the entertainment like living vicariously through the updates because this thing is never going to ship in any way, shape, or form. Like, like th- this, this is never going to come to fruition. So why can't we just enjoy and laugh at it on the sidelines? That's like, w- true. That's true. The one thing I would say is if I can get some, like a t-shirt or a mug or okay, something at I'm, some point. Obviously, look, merch, you know how I feel about merch. If we yes. can get merch involved and if there was something part of like the crowdfunding where there was like, okay, if you pledge this amount or, or, or buy this amount of the coin, like you, you can get merch. I'm totally in support of that. 100%. However, if you don't have to do that, like if, if, if like if, if, and, and if even then I'd be like, okay, are they actually going to ship the merch? But like <laughs> if, if, uh, if you can get merch without having to actually support the project, I think that would be the ideal thing just because this is never, ever, ever going to happen. No, um, never. In ever. fact, in fact, I'm going to be kind of bold here and I'm going to predict I think this might be the last time we hear about this in terms of like I don't know if this is actually going to launch properly. Like I have a feeling this might be kind of like, you know, the 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 crypto island um people where like they come out like <laughs> like brash and then like kind of disappear into the ether. Um uh get it Ethereum but um bump. Uh that was a bad joke. Um so I I, I got I, the joke. I, I think that I think that it might be one of those things where like they put out the press release for whatever reason, because clearly this had been in the works, this scam. And we, I think that it's completely fine for me to express my opinion and call this a scam. Had to have been in the works for, for months. And then they chose, obviously, the worst possible time, as, as uh, Motherboard noted, to try to release this thing. Because, you know, crypto is just bleeding. It is bad. Yeah. The, the right. NFT scene is, is a bust. And, and, and even if people who expect crypto to come back are not expecting NFTs to come back, right? Like that has just been like a complete bust. Uh, you know, it's a great way for people who are in early to launder money, but that's about it. And, um, you know, uh, as you said, like who's going to develop for this thing? What do they even have going on for it? Like this just, I, I just, I don't even know how you would get the this stuff together to even like mount like the money to like make a fake actual you know, video to try to get people excited, like more than just, you know, like the one kind of like image that they, that somebody probably made in Blender. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I think that it's just, uh, I, I don't know if we're ever going to see this again, but I sure hope we do because this is just an amazing, amazing, um, thing. And I'm, I'm, it is honestly, anybody who buys into this, you deserve everything that you're getting. Because how about how about this though? Imagine how much fun it would be to derail the project from the inside. If they're designing it like based on community feedback, I oh could be my the God. one person oh, in that yes. Slack going, it must have waggle controls. Okay, okay. If okay. it doesn't okay. have waggle controls, okay. okay. it's okay. RTX 3090 and yep. waggle controls. And waggle controls. Okay. This, this 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 is this is what we need then. So what we need you to do, and we might need to crowdfund this. Also, as uh, Kotaku pointed out, they didn't even—they weren't even able to get the Polium handle. Like they had to get Polium like <laughs> underscore on Twitter. Like they couldn't even get at Polium. So this is this is how well this is going. Wow, they have uh, twenty. They're following twenty six people. They have twenty three ten followers. So here's what you need to do: you need to basically like find a way to get um, into uh, into their Discord. Yes, um, the Discord is open now. So there's a link to their Discord. You need to get into the Discord and and start. Like I would recommend maybe using uh, an, an alias. I mean, this oh, is crypto, yes. right? Yes, so, yes. so, so, so use an alias and, and start offering really good feedback of ideas so that we can maybe get some inside stuff because I would love to have 
like because this is like the Homer car. If if, if you remember that the, the Simpsons thing, so this yeah. is this is like the Homer car of consoles, but like even worse. Um, they have. I, I just saw this. They have changed the logo. It is slightly less GameCube now. Uh, it is. It is not. I mean, now it is not a GameCube logo directly, but it is still one of those hilarious things. Um, yeah, they had a whole thread on things they sent out on the 4th of July. They were like, a lot of criticism and mixed reviews. Web3 Gaming will be the future, Rocket Ship. Um, and 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 something some other emoji that I can't see. Oh, what Rocket Ship Gaming. Uh, we will have a functional prototype ready before we take any pre-orders or funding. Let's clear some things up. One, we did not copy the Nintendo GameCube logo. Okay, that's a lie. Uh, there are multiple companies that are using a similar logo. Doesn't make it not copying. But we illustrate a new logo that is original. Two, the console will have games and exclusive games. We are currently in talks with different Web3 game developers and will make the announcement soon. We know that a console can't be successful without games. All right, well, Web3 game developers is an oxymoron, but cool. Three, we have experience in hardware and software. The console will be built and we will execute on the roadmap. This space ba- uh, bashes builders uh, who are building for Web3 to help it expand. We are also building the console for ourselves and will not stop. Four, read the white paper and join our Discord. We are founders who will not stop. Web3 is going mainstream rocket ship emoji. Wow. I love it. I, I love, love it. everything about this. Yeah. This is this is exciting. And this it's is really exciting. This is a bold new scam. Please join the Discord. Please be our our Polium um, uh, correspondent and and keep <laughs> us abreast of everything that's going on here because I'm really looking forward to like what's inevitably going to happen here, which is there's going to be some like just you know there's going to be drama and fights and 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 people's trying to you know who can rug pull their money out the quickest. This is the stuff that I live for, honestly. This is the subculture stuff I live for. So, uh, Brianna, please keep us uh, posted on that. You will be great as if we can get like some of the leaders of this project on Rocket for um, an interview. One hundred percent. No, please, 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 please. Let's let's actually even put that out there because I will and I will not like lie and suck up and be like, oh yeah, we've been so nice to you. But I will say this to this: if any of the the, the Polian people are listening after uh, we have uh, uh, reached out to them to try to bring them on uh, to try to see like what we've said before, um, I am obviously very skeptical of your project. Having said that, I will be very happy to have you talk on the podcast and give your side of it. However, we will we will not go easy on you. It's not we won't be antagonistic, but we will push back. But if you would love, if you would like to join us on the podcast to explain to us why this is not a scam, please, please, please. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say put that out in the in, in the in the ETH too, and uh, maybe uh, maybe we can bring them on. You can uh, advocate for the free marketplace of ideas on Rocket. I love it. We'll give you the floor. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, you can engage with your audience, and you can sell anything, your products, your services, and even the content you create. Look, you could even create you could even sell your web3 nft based video game console <laughs> using squarespace because squarespace has you covered so with squarespace you can uh, use insights to grow your business. So if you've ever wondered where your site visits and sales are coming from and what channels are the most effective, you can analyze all that on Squarespace. And then once you get the data 
you can basically um, improve uh, which channel you can figure out like what channels are most effective. You can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords. So maybe it would be like, you know, Web3 or, or NFT or Scam Console or Social Boy uh, 2.0, whatever you want um, based on the most popular products and content. Uh, you can also then sell your products on an online store. So whether you're selling physical or digital products, so you know NFTs or vaporware consoles, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. You can get started with a best-in-class website template, and you can customize it to fit your needs. So you don't need to rip off even the website of a company. You can actually have something fairly original by browsing uh, the category of your business and finding the perfect starting place. And then you can customize it with just a few clicks. And uh, I've used uh, Squarespace in the past. It's a really easy to use platform. It's great for hosting podcasts, great for selling products. It is hands down, I think, one of the easier ways uh, to to manage a site um, without having to deal with all the the cruft that can go into other solutions. Really, really big fan. And you can head over to uh, squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial, no credit card required. And then when you're ready to launch your site or your console or whatever you're going to be selling, you can use the offer code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And that's squarespace.com slash rocket. And then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket, get 10% off your first purchase to show your support of rocket. And uh, our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, so next topic. So this is actually interesting. So Apple just um, previewed something. They announced this earlier this week, uh, something called lockdown mode. And this is going to be a new security mode. Basically, is aimed at people who, uh, we, we've talked about this before on Rocket, which is, um, some of the various like uh, attacks that have happened, um, like malware that's been targeting journalists or, or, or dissidents or other you know kind of high profile people. The NSO group was was one of the uh, organizations um, that has made uh, clickless exploits that basically convert a fully updated iOS or Android device into you know something that you they can monitor and and, and exfiltrate all kinds of data from. Uh, and so it's been one of those those things. I think this is kind of called like mercenary spyware. That's um, really difficult to combat because people are hoarding zero days, and then they're doing things um, with you know uh, th- these platforms to take advantage of it, and they're they're highly targeting. Like it's a very sophisticated attack that, that is targeting very specific groups that are very much at risk. And so Apple has um, announced um, a, a new thing called lockdown mode, which is I think really interesting. Uh, basically, this is going to be like, this is in preview. This is something that they will be potentially like, like bringing out, I guess, with, with the next version of iOS and, and potentially, uh, I'm not sure if it'll be within iOS uh, 16 or, or if it'll be like in a point update. Um, it's coming this fall. It says that the first major capability of its kind is coming with iOS 16, iPadOS 16, and macOS Ventura. And basically it's extreme optional protection. I'm reading this from Apple's website. Um, for a very small number of users who faced grave targeted threats to their digital security. And Apple has also uh, shared details about the the 10 million cybersecurity grant that it had actually announced back in November, uh, supporting civil society organizations that uh, conduct mercenary spyware threat research and advocacy. So what this basically does is this is, this is, would be a mode that you would turn on on your phone or your Mac or your iPad. And if you are one of those individuals who, feels like you would potentially be at risk to be infiltrated by these things, it will 
add the following protections to your phone, which um, some of these settings, uh, motherboard actually confirmed with Apple, cannot be turned off manually in any other way. So these are some things that if you put it into this mode, this is the way you could get some, some of these protections. So in messages, most message attachment types other than images are blocked. So this would prevent some of those, those clickjacking attacks that have happened before. Some features like link previews are disabled. That would also be a big deal because how the link preview works is basically it has like a, a, a oh, embed kind of um, a header in it so that it can show you the preview of what the website looks like. Um, and a lot of websites use that, but people could also exploit that because it's fetching the data and could potentially be executing something on the device. In web browsing, certain complex web technologies like just-in-time JavaScript compilation are disabled unless the user has um, excluded um, a trusted site from lockdown mode. Um, Apple services like incoming invitations and service requests, including FaceTime calls, are blocked if the user hasn't previously um, sent the initiator a call or request. And um, wired connections with a computer or accessory are blocked when the iPhone is locked. So this wouldn't be one of those things where if the phone is uh, if the phone is locked and, and you're trying to use some sort of other you know wired device to plug it into it, you wouldn't be able to access it. And then they also have a way where configuration profiles can't be installed and the device can't enroll into um, mobile device management while it's uh, while this lockdown mode is turned on. And, and MDM systems are usually what you know a lot of corporations use to manage um, policies for devices, and that can be good. That can also be bad because if somebody is able to kind of create a, a weird MDM policy um, that might give them access to certain things, that could be potentially used uh, as mercenary spyware too. Uh, and Apple says they're going to continue to strengthen um, the mode and add new protections to it over time. And then they've, they've created, um, you know, a bounty program um, uh, associated with lockdown mode, which will actually have bounties up to a maximum of $2 million, which is the highest, what they say is the highest maximum bounty payout in the industry. And they're also, um, as I mentioned, they're doing a $10 million uh, grant um, in addition to any damages that are awarded from the lawsuit that Apple's filed against the NSO group to support organizations that are investigating and researching um, these uh, highly targeted um, cyber attacks. So um, I think this is actually really interesting, I have to say. There was some discussion on Hacker News where people were kind of, you know, poo-pooing this. I actually think that this is really interesting, uh, even if it's not going to be something that, obviously, for all intents and purposes, this is not something that, if you, unless you were actually someone who thought you were at risk, you'd want to enable on your phone because it'll make your phone basically a dumb phone. However, I think this is one of those things that for those people who could be at risk, this could be a really good option, especially if, if you're maybe in countries or doing things where where you think that um, you might be more of a target. Um, I think it's a good step. What, what are your thoughts, Bree? Yeah, I guess I wanted to ask you, what is the criticism of this? Because I can't imagine what that would be. Like, this is a, it's obviously needed, uh, like, even for, you know, like, nation state or, like, government officials, right? Like, uh, currently, like, the Secret Service is trying to hacksaw, you know, iPhones so, like, high-level people can have them. What What could the criticism of this possibly be? I think that so far the high, the criticism is that this seems like it's hype and people aren't necessarily sure uh, if if they think that that Apple can actually deliver what they claim that they can. Um, okay. They're also so I, I think that there are also people like who are you know basically being like, well, you know, the, the, this the, maybe this doesn't go far enough, or or 
I think most of the hype, I think most of the criticism though is, is that it's hype. However, I do, I do think that this is a really good first step. Like this is one of those things that I, I will say when this launches, I would definitely want to see audited by third parties, um, you know, to, to ascertain, you know, uh, how good it actually is. But I think that a lot of these things, uh, you know, I think that the name is really apt lockdown mode. And I think that this is one of those things that could be really, really good for people who are um, in in very dangerous uh, situations. Obviously, one of the downsides, though, is, is going to be that it is going to severely limit how your phone works. But uh, if the alternative is, you know, not having any sort of phone at all or having, um, you know, a, a phone that has these, um, I guess, limitations, um, you know, by design for security, I think that this would definitely be better. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that's fair to say it hasn't been audited and we don't, I mean, we can't know the the efficacy of this yet. But my God, you got to let them ship something and iterate on it a while before you decide it's worthless. That's just, I mean, I'm all for some skepticism of the tech industry, but uh, that's, that's a little extreme. I, I think it Look, it's just true that there is a huge uh, industrial complex for you know, doing nation-state uh, scale targeted things to get the information of government officials. Like these things can take down governments. There's a lot of incentive to do that. In Apple, introducing uh, a mode uh, makes a lot of sense to me. I guess I'd love your opinion on this. Something that really shocked me was like if you read Apple's press release. They come forward and they're saying like, oh, we've got a $10 million bug bounty with a $2 million limit, which is the largest in the industry. And I have to admit, I was really surprised that bug bounty programs are that stingy with rewards. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that really the usual across the industry? Yeah. Um, usually how it works is that they will give you like, it's usually a price per bug. So you do have people who might have like, okay, I, I found one that was a $50,000 bounty, but I, maybe I found three or four vulnerabilities. And so you do sometimes see how people might stack them in terms of how they are revealing um, the, the vulnerabilities to maximize what amount they can get. But yeah, in general, I would say this is one of the criticisms that um, some people in the security industry have for some of the bigger companies is that that the bounty programs do tend to be um, maybe less than what you would think um, they, they should be. At the same time, um, I think that you could make the argument that like having up to $2 million bounty, if they deem it serious enough, I think is actually a, a huge amount. And, and that would um, basically, I think, um, encourage your, at that point, the people who are going to be trying for those bounties are going to be like, research organizations like, you know, cybersecurity researchers who their whole thing is that they are trying to find bugs and 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 they're going to be treating it almost as, as a job to try to do that to win the bounties. I think the reason that sometimes you have these things at smaller amounts is because it could encourage people who might not be professional full-time security researchers who find things, you could then find them and submit them. Um, and I think that that, I think that there's an argument you made that Obviously, I think you should have higher uh, bounties and, and maybe like bigger funds for them. But if you if everything is what you're paying, like if, if these massive prices, then you kind of lose the incentives in some of a sense for some people who might just run across things. Um, and 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 it you know it changes the dynamic a little bit about how the the research around um, finding you know um, the bugs works because the whole reason they have bounties to begin with, frankly, is because you want to make it so that. Uh, researchers who are finding this stuff will 
turn it into the company and not sell it to someone like NSO Group. Um, because that that would be the alternative. And that has been the alternative where you've had like black hat hackers who basically will find zero days and then sell them to someone else and um and get more money from that than they would by turning it into, you know, the companies. And so the companies basically were like, okay, well, we have to have something to to balance this. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a fair criticism that the the mounts should be larger. I also think that it's one of those things like Apple was really slow to even have a bounty program to begin with. I think it was 2016 before they first implemented um, a, a security bounty program, which at that point was was several years after it had become de rigueur in the rest of the industry. I just I, I'm just kind of surprised by that. Like if you look at you know a lot of the Israeli firms that, that specialize yeah. in these kinds of hacks, and you look at how much money they're making, absolutely, it's a lot more than two million dollars. It's a lot it more is. than ten million dollars. It, 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 it is. Yeah. It is. But but I uh, you should also point out like this is like it could be one you know vulnerability that you're finding one CVE, and so if you're able to to turn that into two million, I mean it would need to be a pretty big one. Um, but a lot of people are able to kind of stack them in that regard. And then if they have a number of bounties, then they're usually consulting firms who can then sell their services to other businesses and other things and make money off of that. But I mean, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is part of the problem is this push-pull between you have companies like NSO Group and 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 like, um, you know, uh, Corellium and, and others who are like, okay, we will invest whatever it, it, it costs to find these zero days. We're not going to release them to the companies. And we're going to use them for our own products and our own reasons um, because they can make us more money that way. That's, right, that's definitely, right. a, I think, a, a big part of tension kind of, you know, between the – within the security industry. I guess, you know, there's um, – uh, it's clearly something you need. I mean, the iPhone is so ubiquitous that, you know, we need to have some kind of mode for people that are, you know uh, – just in NatSec overall, I mean, I had a uh, former employee that uh, got a job where she is just doing data analysis uh, that could potentially involve classified information. And like I had the NSA just pop up at my house last week for the background check, asking a million different questions if she'd ever like advocated like overthrowing the United States government or things like that. And uh you know, so I mean, those to say these are these are serious issues and they need to be taken seriously. I'm glad to see to see Apple do this. It would obviously be overkill for someone like her, uh, but at the same time, um, I I don't know. I would love to see. I'd love to see maybe not something this extreme for people like you and I that are just more technically savvy. And it's like if something is sharing our data or trying to execute uh, JavaScript code or something like that. I, I'd love to see like a, a middle ground setting for people like you and I to yeah. just, you know, be able to to have a little bit more security, if that makes sense to you. No, I totally agree. And and I think that would be great. Like, I would love to have something where, you know, maybe you could even call it like rather than like a lockdown mode, like, I don't know, like, 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 like a dissident mode or a, you know, I don't trust what country I'm visiting mode um, that would that would limit, uh, you know, maybe like some of the stuff that would happen. It wouldn't be as locked down, but would maybe do some of the same things such as disabling link um, uh, previews in messages and, and maybe uh, doing some other things like on the web browser to harden it some. Um, I, I think that could be interesting. Uh, yeah, for for people who are in a middle ground area, or for people who I think like, this is something that you know I, I I obviously I was not traveling to any countries that I needed to worry about 
my uh, my security with. But like if I had gone, like I've had colleagues who've gone to China before who, based on the nature of their work, you know, even though like this is paranoia, like will bring basically burner laptops or or burner phones. And I don't think that's, depending on what you're doing, I actually don't think that's a bad idea. And if you were going to parts of, you know, uh, Eastern Europe, right, like I think that that would be the same sort of thing. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's, you know, it, depending on where you're going and what type of business you're doing, uh, there are people who already are doing those types of things where like they don't want to travel, like our, our guidance uh, for for internal travel, and, and by our I mean you know Microsoft and, and GitHub. I'm I'm actually not exactly sure what GitHub's is, but I'm sure it's very similar to Microsoft's. Or that, it, that if you're going to certain countries and there's a list of them, there are certain things you have to do. Basically, like how they're recommending that you treat your laptops and, and your personal devices, and um and because they they don't want you know things to get confiscated and and work stuff to potentially be uh, able to be exfiltrated. So. I agree. It would be nice if they had something that was maybe a little bit of a middle ground. So like more than kind of the option we have now, not as strict as the lockdown mode, um, just to, you know, give people who are not maybe going to be targeted threats of of NSO group or people like that, but could potentially still be at risk having options. I think that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. And now it is time for our dessert topic. Uh, we kind of struggled with this one this week because... Uh, our first topic. It's not a I really think, deserty week. Not you know? really deserty week, honestly. Not not really a deserty week. Um, and our first topic has so much great fodder with it. But um, I saw this. I saw this. I, I have to admit, like I felt, I felt old when I saw this. I mean, I kind of laughed, but I also felt old. Apparently, <sighs> apparently, people are going to see the 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 new Minions movie dressed up in suits, and it's <gasps> it's called the Gentle Minions trend. And, uh, and, and it's taking over TikTok and, 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 you know, and, and, and it's like, you see explainers that, that, that people who probably also equally feel old having to write about this stuff <laughs> are, are writing. So yeah, this is, this is a thing. Um, so basically Minions, The Rise of Guru, uh, opened, uh, this past weekend and, um, basically there have been individual videos getting this many as 24 million views on TikTok and the wow. gentle, the gentle minions tag on TikTok also exceeded 24 million views. And it's basically a, a commitment to, um, ish posting, um, quoting from Polygon here that blends a chaotic love of minion memes, nostalgia, and the good old movie going experience, which I have to say, I love all of those things. So I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of not mad at the kids about it. Uh, but, but apparently like the, the, the kids are all showing up, um, dressed up in like, you know, formal attire, flooding the theaters and, and, and then chanting, I count money, I count money as, uh, the, the song Rich Minion by Yeet plays. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's so wholesome. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's been a miserable couple of weeks for the United States and I, I want to be honest, I'm not really a fan of the despicable me movies i just i never they're really fun. gelled with the then they're they're fine i mean it's it's like a a, a family parable with a villain it's just just not my thing and then the minions are cute uh yeah, like one of my really good friends is one of the voice actresses for them 
I mean, it's it, it's fine. It's just not my thing. So, like, even though I go see a lot of movies that come out, I'm I'm just not going to see this. But I guess maybe it's like this is a more meaningful series to people that grew up on these films, I guess. And just seeing like all these, you know, these these like cute little boys in high school like putting on suits to go uh see this film i just i thought it was very wholesome and and knowing that it comes from that like uh joker meme like i'd like two tickets to go see the joker yes. like I, I just think it's 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 very wholesome and it brought a uh it warned my my cold dead heart basically yeah, I, so yeah, so so the background from this is, is as as you mentioned, is it comes from like the, the "I'll take two tickets for for Joker, please" meme, which started as most good memes do. If we're being completely candid, on 4chan, lots of terrible things have happened on 4chan, but 4chan has been historically kind of the birthplace of internet culture. And I, I do agree with you that this has become kind of a, a, a nice, kind of wholesome meme. It, it harkens back to like a simpler time. Like it reminds me of like you know, the the mannequin challenge and, and stuff like that, which which seems both so long ago and like yesterday and and in much, much simpler times. So um also the movie doing great, 135 million at the box office. Um and, and reports are basically saying that the meme among teens may have boosted the new movie's box office, which is hilarious. So this is like the exact opposite of Morbius, where, you know, the the studio tried to lean into the meme and and it it didn't work because everybody said, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go see this ironically, like still didn't go see Morbius, which, <laughs> you know, makes complete sense. Um, but it seems like the thirty-four percent of the movie's audience in the US was between thirteen and seventeen. Uh, wow. which which sounds really high for this type of film, right? Like I'd expect it to be younger. Um, and so, so a lot of teens, uh, out, a, a lot of high schoolers out, uh, this weekend watching, uh, Minions Rise of Gru. So, wow, you know, good, 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 good for them. So I have some questions on this and I'd love to get your opinion on this. So CNN wrote an article, um, basically, not giving TikTok a lot of credit for the film. And then you had a lot of TikTokers uh, coming forward and being like, don't you understand? We run the culture. We set the culture. We're the reason this movie is doing very well. And I, I want to be honest with you. I think that that was part of the success, certainly. But it's also a holiday weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, Top Gun, which has been out for a long time, you could not get a uh, – like I tried to go see it a third time this weekend, and I could not get a, a seat uh, at my local theater. So I, I really felt like that was like overstating the case. Uh, how do, how do kind of you feel about that? Yeah, I definitely think it helped. Um, I mean, I think that this was going to be the number one movie at the box office regardless for the holiday weekend. This is a, a huge franchise that has, uh, and I think that it has it has huge meme appeal beyond just this. I think the reason this meme took off is because Minions, uh, much like Shrek, have kind of become one of those like touch points of Gen Z. And so I think that that helped. I mean, it's also one of those things where, um, you know, this is like, one of the few kind of all ages kind of like family films. This is also something that'll do well, like internationally, like this, this is just going to be a box office hit regardless. Right. Uh, but I do think that probably when I look at that, that, that ticketing figure where 34% are between 13 and 17, again, that feels high for the, um, what I would think would be the typical demographic for this film. Cause I would think the typical demographic for this film might be, you know, like, I don't know, six and 14, um, yeah. so, and, and I'd also expect that you'd have like a lot of parents 
you know, at, 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 at the film. So if you're saying that between 13 and 17 is, is a third of your, your ticket buyers, that seems high for um, what, what is kind of an all-ages film. Um, uh, so I feel like, um, that, uh, that does to me show that there is some sort of like, I think maybe not just TikTok, but other kind of, you know, cultural, you know, kind of, um, you know, like touchstones to that, that add to it. Um, so I, I, I think it's probably both. I think that it's probably one of those things where the TikTokers of course are going to overstate, their influence on the culture and and assume that that everything that happens in in the world is is because of them because <laughs> look that's I, normal I, I was going to say they're the youth I mean I'm yeah. I'm I'm a, yeah. I'm a millennial who the world is everything is still blamed on and so you know I I understand uh, that perspective it, it it is also I think weird for some millennials to have to realize that we're having to cede our cultural influence to the younger generation uh, which is always awkward um, but so I think that there's probably some overstatement, but I do also think that there, uh, is, um, a, a very real correlation. Like, I, I, I don't know, it'd be interesting. I don't know how much you could directly say like the TikTok had led people to go and get the tickets, but I have a feeling that it, it definitely could have, especially since there have been like reports of some theaters shutting fans out. Um, because they were shutting fans out. What do you mean? Well, basically, like like several several theaters had banned certain young people from purchasing tickets because of the chaos they were basically seeing at certain places. Because people were showing up, you know, a bunch of unaccompanied minors are showing up wearing suits oh, and causing you know, problems. Yeah, yeah, and and then obviously wanting to create a spectacle to create a YouTube, you know, or, or TikTok sensation, um, which is only going to fuel, you know, fuel I think kids even more. Like, honestly, like the worst thing you could possibly do would be like, oh, yeah, you can't come watch this movie dressed in a suit that that's for, you know, younger people. That's basically just like a dare. Right. So I have a feeling that that because that's just going to go viral online and I have a feeling that probably just led to more of it. But I do have a feeling. Um, yeah, I think it had an impact. I don't think it's the whole thing. Uh, and as as you mentioned, you know, Top Gun, which is just amazing, has continued to, to just do gangbusters at the box office. Um, and then this weekend we have uh, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, which is, which is going to be, um, you know, opening. And so that, that I think is I'm definitely not sold on that one. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here for, I'm here for Natalie, uh, yeah. and in her arms. I'll go and, see it to see her. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm, you know, people are, the reviews are kind of mixed, but they're not terrible. And I, I think it's also important to remember, like not all the Thor films are good, so like like the like the last one I think kind of like ended in a good place, but it's just one of those things where it's uh, I, I'm excited to see it. Um, I definitely uh, I'm here for Natalie's arms. Um, so <laughs> you know that 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 I that I'm into. Um, but um, the you know the the real movie of the summer has been Top Gun. So yeah, hundred percent. I guess I mean just last question, but I. I you know, there was a lot of worry, like with uh, you know uh, Warner Brothers releasing most of their movies on HBO Max, yeah. which you know really hurt a lot of really big films like Matrix, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of worry that theaters were dead, and you know, you look at some of the films like Spider Man did very well, Top Gun obviously did huge, and now Minions is doing well. I mean, do you think uh do you think we can kind of like worry about like uh worry less about movie theaters being on life support? Cause I feel a lot better about that now. 
I feel better about it, but I also, I mean, the big films, it's been Spider-Man, it's been Top Gun, it's been Minions. Um, I think that we'll we'll see uh, Thor doing really well. I think, though, the bigger problem is that it's like, like Top Gun is the only film I've seen. I mean, Spider-Man, there were a lot of people there, but, it, but it's like, I'm trying to think of like, when I've seen movies in the theater, and, and I don't know what your experience has been. You've been to the theater more than I have, but I haven't, like, the, 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 the seats haven't been packed. So... I don't. I don't know if we have. I still think that they they need to worry because I feel like it's it's basically the big blockbuster releases. I think that what what's happened is that like the films that well, it's exasperated what had already been a trend, which was, you know, basically the one thing keeping those things alive were the really really big franchises, and I almost feel like that's even more true now. So yeah, I, I, I think it's, that's it's, fair. I think that's so fair. Would, 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 which which is scary for I think you know like so if you're a theater you're like okay so I can only rely on these you know, six or eight films, um, you know, uh, a year to really try to make all my business on, that's hard. Um, I Like, theaters are still doing the thing where you can rent them out and whatnot. Like, I have a number of friends who rented out theaters for, you know, a couple hundred dollars to see Top Gun because they were wanting to, you know, watch it with, you know, they didn't have, like, childcare and, and were worried about um, that type of thing. So, you know, they were just like, okay, it's, it's cheaper to, to rent out the theater for <laughs> $300 or whatever, um, rather than, um, you know, try to figure everything else out. And so when you're still able to do that, I think that your your industry is still in decline. I love movie theaters. I desperately want them to be in a better position, but I don't know. I definitely do feel like, though, that it's – and I and I know people are, are – people, some people who are still really, like, adamant about not going out and, and, and trying to, you know, like, stay safe and whatnot who are really not into this sort of thing – uh, but I think like we like they're they're they don't like this trend. But I mean, I think that um, it's it's hard to deny the fact that that people definitely for the right film want to go to the theater again and want to get out in person again. So I think that's true. I I've noticed my if my my experience with my local theater has been it's it's been relatively packed lately and. It's, it is, I, I would say, like, I love horror films and, like, Black Phone. It was really hard to get a, a ticket to go see Black Phone for a long time. So, um, I, I do think it's going to be okay. I've noticed they are keeping the movies there for a lot longer. Um, so, maybe that's just what we'll see. It's like, yes, it's fewer films that um, really make a lot of money, but when they do, they're in the theater for a really, really long time, like like Tom Gunn is. So, yeah, you know, fingers crossed on that. I just, uh, you know, you see things like, uh, you know, Lightyear and a lot of, uh, you know, like that did terribly, and I, yes. it's because people are like trained to just go see it on Disney Plus instead. I think totally. Disney's really kind of cut off their their future movie theaters. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah. It's I mean, interesting. It is interesting, and I think that, it, that, that that's actually a great example. Like, it, Lightyear flopped, and I wonder, although I, I think the Lightyear probably could have flopped regardless. Like, I just— it, It's not a good movie. Well, and, and it's just, I think that the way that it was messaged and the way that, like, it was done, like, it has some continuity with the universe, but not really. You know what I mean? Like, it, and, it, and, and Lightyear is one of those films that if it wasn't Pixar and if it wasn't, you know, kind of the era we're in, I don't know if that ever would have been a theatrical film, right? Like, that, to me, strikes me as more of, like, what would a traditional, like, you know, direct-to-video title would be or direct-to-streaming title would be, right? So, where whereas um, Minions— because it's just a huge franchise, I think it will, will do really, really well. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, people do become, have, I think, 
you know, some parents have become kind of used to that. I think that this paid off for, uh, I think it's Universal, who uh, distributes the the Minions films, um, who didn't really have a, a, a day and date plan to do that. Obviously, Paramount, who were not going to put Top Gun on Paramount Plus uh, because they're not idiots. Uh, you know, that has paid off for them. Um, Thor is trying to go for $150 million at the domestic box office. So it's tr- it's it's going to be trying that. I think it's going to be the real test for Disney because this will be the first, like, I I, I guess you could say, um, you know, uh, what Doctor Strange and I guess you could say technically Eternals, you know, have kind of been like the you know the the phase two or fa- whatever phase we're in uh, Marvel films <laughs> in the box office. Uh, but I feel like this one is probably one that has more mass appeal, at least than any film we've seen since Spider Man, which was Sony. So I think it'll be interesting to to look and see what um what the results are this this coming weekend. Um, but uh, meanwhile, I mean, you know, just go watch Top Gun again because Top Gun is freaking great. Oh, it's so good! It's so it's good. so good. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and it's it, it it's still it's still doing really well. I think I think Elf has barely beat it. Um, in, in its uh in, in its box office uh, debut. It barely beat it, and, and like you know, Top Gun's been in theaters for five weeks, so um, that's uh, that's really really impressive. Um, so um, that's uh, that's it for us this week. What are you up to this week, Bray? Oh my God! Uh, well, obviously with the midterms coming, we are really really hyped for that. Um, see, I can't talk about that. Um, so I guess I'll just say I'm enjoying my new pinball machine. <laughs> Okay. All right. Bree is enjoying her new pinball machine. Is considering what she's going to be doing with the Steam Deck. We will get an update on that from you yes. next week to find out if you, can, if you can keep it or if you were selling it. Um, I am. Uh, I, I should actually. Yeah. Right now, I'm going to actually look up on eBay and see Steam Deck five twelve. See what prices are right now. Yeah, they're they're going for like eleven hundred or or oh so. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So, so you could definitely get a couple hundred flip dollars it. for it if, if you wanted to do it. So if you wanted to flip it, you could definitely do that. Um, there, there, there's one, there, there's one that has 23 bids, an hour and 30 minutes left. That's at 975. That'll go for over a thousand. Um, so you know, you, you you've, you've got options there. All right. So so you're gonna enjoy your pinball machine. You're going to think about whether or not what you do with your Steam Deck. And uh, as for me, I am actually off this week. The entire company, GitHub, has had the entire week off. So I've been lazy and very much enjoying not doing anything, which has been really, really nice. Um, so that that's me. I've just been like literally just like chilling and actually playing with my Steam Deck because the Steam sale was uh, was the last two weeks. So I got a bunch of stuff cheap. I feel like after the last few weeks, we all deserve a week off. So. I 100% agree. I was going to say, I was really glad that I was out of the country when some of the stuff happened because I was, mm-hmm. although it was also kind of messed up that I was in Turkey. Um, very briefly, I was I was in the Istanbul airport and I realized that Turkey had like broader laws for protecting <laughs> women's autonomy than the oh. United States, which, oh. okay, I'm not going to get into all that, but just, just, yep. just, just commenting, just, just for observation, that's kind of messed up. So, uh, it, at least historically. So we got 100%. that going on. Uh, all right, Brie, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online at Brianna Wu uh, on the Twitter machine. And you can find me at film underscore girl at, uh, on, on Twitter and on, uh, Instagram. And you can find the videos that I do at work, which will be back next week at youtube.com slash GitHub. And, uh, 
You can find Simone at Dune Quasar on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, she's also, uh, her her videos online are at youtube.com slash polygon. So uh, kind of a weird episode, but uh, because there we were not a ton of news stuff. It's kind of a weird week, but um, this has been fun, Brie. It has been fun. It has been fun. All right. So this episode of Rocket, uh, once again, thank you to Squarespace for your support. Um, if you like this episode, like and review it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave us a, a five-star review. Let us know um, your thoughts on the uh, the Gentle Minions uh, trend on Twitter. You can follow us, uh, our, our podcast on Twitter, or tweet either of us individually. And um, that's going to do it for us. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated.